Hey everyone, it is Audrey Freeman here with another episode of Sportive AF. Today we have the wonderful Anna Rose O'Sullivan. She is a first soloist of Royal Ballet and such an inspiration to so many around the world. I enjoyed our conversation so much, I can't wait for you guys to listen. Before we get started, don't forget, this week, this Friday, the 15th, we are having a Sportive AF exclusive club launch. All of this stuff is exclusive, limited edition, and it will only be online for 48 hours, so you'll want to get in quick. Stay tuned on our Instagrams, and also, don't forget to follow Anna Rose O'Sullivan. Okay guys, let's get started. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Anna. I am so, so excited to chat with you, and how has your morning been? Good, thank you. I'm sitting here with my coffee. Um, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to come and talk to you. Oh, no problem. Anytime. And how is everything going at the moment in London? I know it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's um, a pretty um, hard lockdown at the moment. So just um, working, working hard, but we're not able to perform, unfortunately, for audiences. And um yeah just hoping that it gets better soon really yeah and is there anything you're doing to kind of like keep that momentum in like motivation and inspiration yeah I'm making sure that I'm staying in contact with friends that really helps just to help and motivate each other because we're all going through it together um spending time with my family I'm not down with my family at the moment so that's a huge support yes um but yeah I'm, I'm doing my best to to keep motivated, keep up with my training and class and just, you know, make the, um, you know, look at the positives of trying to work on my technique and then hopefully that will pay off when we get back to the stage. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm sure your schedule must be a lot different to what you're used to. <laughs> What's it yeah, like? It's a, it's a bit different. <laughs> um, well, at the moment, we're actually on our mid-season break for a couple of weeks so it's technically our holiday but um still doing classwork and that side of training um but you know before we went into the lockdown and mid-season we were just performing starting with the nutcracker again yeah before we shut um so we were heavily into performances I think I had done three or four Clara shows back to back over wow. that week so it felt like I was pretty exhausted and then we went into the lockdown and it was a completely different side of the spectrum and Christmas oh, so yeah. um yeah huge adjustments we we were able to rehearse and perform um and now going back to work in a week or two's time um I guess it's just seeing what happens as we go along really and hoping yeah. for the best Definitely, definitely. I agree. Now, I'm sure many of our guests know your story and how incredible you are, but let's go right back to the beginning. And can you give us a quick summary of how you got into ballet and kind of how you got where you are today? Yeah, so I grew up in a little village called Ickman. um, And I don't come from a family of dancers. No one in my family dances. (laughs) But um, (laughs) my mum took me along to a ballet class when I was very young. I think I was about four or five. Um, And that was the local school in Nickenham. That's Suzanne's school of dance. And I just fell in love with it from the first lesson, really. Um, I was encouraged whilst I was there to perform and 
Um, I did a couple of musicals as a child. I did Chitty Chitty <laughs> Bang Bang and Les Mis. Oh, um, that's I, was, I was always performing, but yeah, um, I was always performing as a child. Like before I started dance lessons, my mum says that, and there's photo evidence as well, um, <laughs> I would always put shows on for my family and, you know, be on the fireplace singing and dancing and um, <laughs> not so having a clue yet, but just loving that. Yeah, element of performance. So, um, I where where was I? I guess I went to that school and then I um, took part in London Children's Ballet. Um, I played the role of Sarah Crew around the age of eight, nine, or ten. And I was seen by Gagin Stock, the director of the Royal Ballet School. Yeah, and she encouraged me. She said you should really audition for the Royal Ballet uh, Royal Ballet School, not the company. <laughs> the company. Um, and <laughs> So I did an audition and I, I successfully joined White Lodge and I trained there for five years and then I progressed to the upper school and I guess my passion for that sort of really grew from my love of performing really. Um, I fell into it that way. I went along with the journey and worked really hard and I guess that's where I am now in the company from that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love how you you said like from the very beginning, you were kind of into that whole performance side of things. And that kind of is what yeah. drawn you to like stage all the time. And how do you feel like yeah. now? Because like obviously we can't perform. Is there any other ways you feel like you can perform in a kind of different way? Um, at the moment, obviously, it's it's a little bit tricky in that obviously <laughs> you can't really be on a stage and things like that. We've done a few streamings, which have been absolutely amazing because it's it's put the um, art form out there in a different yeah. a different way and reached a wide audience, hopefully. Um, but you know, it's a, a very different um, world. <laughs> being on the roll-up house stage or being in your living room and the yeah. postman being your audience when he walks past <laughs> it's you know it's it, um it is different and it's adjusting but I also think dancers have opened up during this time yeah. um in a social media kind of way as well I think you know it, whether it be sharing a class um yeah. on blog or something like that um just helping the dance community I think they've pulled together really well um and yeah, unfortunately, that side of the performance, the performance side of things wasn't fed for a long time, but I think we did our best in, in different ways. Definitely, definitely. And when you were younger, you said you were doing like some singing and musical theatre. Was that all you did besides ballet? And did you feel that helped you experience more in ballet? Yeah, um, I dabbled in different styles as a child growing up. I loved all the types of dancing, yeah. um, but I fell in love with ballet and singing was my other passion. And I do think the fact that I had like a, quite a varied training when I was younger and I was always performing in a sense, I think it helped me have that, um, it helped me in my professional career and that I don't have a fear of the stage or, yeah. um, I think it's important as a child just to have expression and um, to perform at any opportunity, whether that be, you know, a festival or a dance show or, you know, just having that element of joy of dance. Yeah. I think it um, 
if that's instilled from a young age, then that's always in there. And um, it doesn't have to be kind of taught along the way. It's kind of, that's your foundation and your training just comes on top of that. Yes, definitely. I totally agree. When you started at the Royal Ballet, did you have to kind of push away the musical theatre side of things? And if you did, how did you cope not having that side of things? It's hmm, an interesting question. Um, I definitely had like a period in my life, I think, before I joined the upper school where I perhaps could have gone down that avenue of musical theatre. And I did think very carefully about it. And even before joining White Lodge, I, you know, I loved singing. So it was like, oh, well, will I be able to do my singing too? And um, I did carry that on um, throughout my training at White Lodge. Singing was still there. Um, and I think it's important to always have your, have your uh, what's the word for it? But I guess just opening your um, training and letting different styles in. I think that's a really positive thing. But I, I suppose I did miss it a little bit, but I knew that ballet was what I wanted to do. And I know the career is not the longest in the world, so it's something that I wanted to focus on and, and then just keep my singing going and, and maybe one day use it, but for now it's yeah. just a shower. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I honestly wish I could sing, like, even just, like, slightly well, but I swear <laughs> I... Everyone can sing. <laughs> Yeah, I can sing, but definitely not well. <laughs> and now what was that like when you found out you got into the Royal Ballet Company? What was that whole experience like? Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I remember the day very clearly. It was the start of my graduate year of upper school. Yeah. And um, I remember Gaining Stock calling me and Marcelino, somebody, my friend, in the yeah. company. Um, I remember her calling us in into the office and saying, you know, I've got some good and bad news for you both. <laughs> Looking at each other thinking, that's my really bad Australian accent, by the way. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember her saying that and we looked at each other and thought, oh no, like giving each other the eyes of what we've yeah. done. <laughs> Thinking back and just, you know, trying to find something yeah. that we've done that's naughty. She was like, you know, um, would you like the good news first and said, the bad news first? And you're like, we better get that out of the way. And she said, well, I've had to take you out of the end of your show. And we thought, oh, gosh, we've really messed up. What have we done? And then what she said, we... that's because you've been offered a contract with the Royal Ballet Company starting next week. And we were oh, like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And, yeah, I just remember the feeling of going from fear of I really messed up at school to, yeah. like, elation and happiness and the dog was like spinning around like it was just she had a dog at the time and it was just a really joyous feeling of amazing like just that feeling I bottle it up and I sometimes look back at it with Marcy and just have a little smile and yeah it was just it was just an amazing moment I think my mum told the whole village I got into the world oh that's so beautiful that would have been so (laughs) exciting yeah it was it was great And how did you feel transitioning from the upper school to the company, going from that rigid school life to a more, I guess, free company schedule? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, obviously with your vocational training, you are prepared to degree as to what, you know, and like as a professional dancer would be, but nothing also prepares you for it. Um, It's very different. You are very much your own teacher, your own motivation, 
Whereas at school, you'd have your teachers giving you corrections and you'd have a very scheduled, mapped out day for you and what you're going to be doing. Um, and then when you join a company, it's up to you to be your own motivator and to push yourself and also look after yourself. Um, and I think for me, I found the most difficult, challenging thing for me was being in the court of ballet when I first joined, I'm really honest. Mm. Um, I hadn't done much of that kind of group work before and that was probably the hardest part is, is dancing as one and dancing as the same um, lady in front of you, matching everything and it's, you know, it's a completely different skill. And um, I think that was the trickiest part. Yeah, you raise a great point because I guess in school we're always like doing solos and different things. Mm. Like you're, not, you're not always doing group corps de ballet work. Yes, yeah. And did you find when you joined the company, because I mean, the Royal Ballet is like the best company in the world. Did you feel it was inspiring or intimidating dancing with such incredible people? Mm, um, I think... I was just so in awe of everybody and a bit starstruck when I first joined. Right. And I'd grown up training, looking at all these incredible artists and yep. probably had lots of them on my walls at White Lodge <laughs> posters. And then suddenly they were in the class with me and it was just mind blowing. Um, but I was hugely inspired by it all. And I think I just let every, I soaked up everything that I could because I was very fortunate that, you know, a couple of, incredible dancers left just as I joined and I kind of caught the end of one generation when we start till another oh. um and yeah I, I just I remember as well the a couple of the principals actually being really kind and helping me with you know whether it be my point shoes or yeah. helping me in a direction of corrections and I think I remember that kindness and I hope that I can um be like that to young dancers when they join the company because you always remember you're welcoming um, into a company and I definitely felt that. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. During company life, what is kind of like your favorite part of the day? Is it like your morning class or on stage? Um, I would say my favorite part of the day, if we've got a show that day would be the show. Yeah. That's my the most rewarding, when I feel the most free, Definitely that moment, of, you know, you do all that hard work to pay off for the audience to perform for them and bring them some joy. So that's probably the most rewarding part of my day. But if we don't have a show and, you know, sometimes I just love the camaraderie between me and my friends in the company. Um, even when we're very tired and, you know, we're, we're trying to go through steps or things like that, there will be moments where you just bottle those times where there's a lot of laughter yeah. You know, you get yourselves through the day and the um, you you have some incredible moments and you share some incredible visceral moments with, with your colleagues um, with that kind of high intense um, job. Uh, yeah. comes a real closeness and a close-knit family type unit. Yeah, definitely. That would be, yeah, it's definitely that high-pressured environment, but I guess balancing it with that fun lighthearted mm. it's great absolutely you need it <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> and talking about performances and how your favorite part of the day is performing usually yeah. <laughs> do you have any pre or post 
performance rituals or things that you do to either like stay calm before a performance and then I guess Mm. wind down yeah um I'm not superstitious or anything Mm. like that but I I try I like to be feeling human before I go on stage so um the night before I'll usually if I'm doing a big role I'll listen to the music put it on maybe before I even go to sleep and just mentally prepare myself so that's my way of focusing for what I'm about to do and then on the day of a show I like to be as normal as I can be and um you know conserve my energy and warm up obviously but I think before I go on stage in those kind of couple of hours leading up to a show I like to put music on in my dressing room you know maybe have a little sing like you you know talk to the people doing my hair and just feel that human just feel human because I think that makes me feel grounded and when I go out on stage I feel like all the preparation has been done yes so um it's about then just before I go on stage I just have a moment to myself and get into the character and that's usually when I put my costume on I have my moment of quiet but before that I I like to be um you know just chatting and being normal um that for me helps me yeah um calms me down probably um after shows I'm not a big icer we should ice more um I find it really hard to ice um but then that's my honest opinion (laughs) um but I I know I have a good stretch and I like to have a warm bath that Mm, for me works having the bath and then stretching after and draining my legs until they you know putting them up the wall and putting something on at home um I yeah it's 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 bizarre because sometimes we talk about it and say you know you've just done a three-act ballet you've got this glamorous wig on big big costumes and um you're feeling very elaborate and you know you're entertaining the crowd and then all of a sudden you're, you're either on the train or you're at home with yeah. your feet up the wall and it's just completely you know the glamour of ballet and then the yeah. uh, other side where you're trying to you know get some food in um recover for the next day because usually you're getting up the next morning and doing either the same thing or um, working many hours in the studio so that's so true and it's like when you're dancing you're either like dancing like a fairy tale or like Mm -hmm. as you said an elaborate story it's like Mm -hmm. such like different timelines really I guess absolutely I love the point where you said like before performances you like to ground yourself I think that's yeah so important as well and you know before you would have done all of the hard work and like the muscle memory Mm -hmm. and everything I think that's so true and you're now first soloist of the Royal Ballet obviously a lot would have happened in between joining the company and now Mm -hmm. what was that process like of becoming soloist and then first soloist um it was amazing and um also hard work Mm. I I joined the company at the beginning of my graduate year and I was quickly covering principal roles and those opportunities that I was having which was amazing and I was learning so much um but I I did have an injury which took me out for a little while for about a season um and that for me at the time I was like oh no like it's all going so well but I think looking back, it gave me so much perspective and determination 
And also I learned how to pace myself in my career um, and the perspective um, came with that. And after that followed, I learned about my technique and I improved and, and then I came back to the stage and from there it's quite a quick, um, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities luckily. And right. um, I think my first one I had was either Cupid or Clara and um, that was wonderful to hold the stage and, and to show yeah. that I enjoyed the acting side of ballet as well as the physical side. Um, and I think with every opportunity you're given, more follow. Um, so from there, I did uh, Romeo and Juliet with Marcelino, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and Aurora, most recently, and Hilda, and all these incredible works. Um, I've had the opportunity to show my different sides of what I can do. And um, I think for me, I've had a really varied um, repertoire, which was has been really incredible. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, just hopefully keep going once we can get back to the stage. <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will. And yeah. as you said, like I didn't realize you were out for a season on your injury. Mm. Yeah, How, I know as well. I experienced an injury, and I was mm. out for like eight months, so it was quite a long time. Always during it's so much worse but I mm. felt the exact same thing that I felt a whole new perspective and you know I could look at things differently how did you kind of keep strong mentally because I feel like injuries are so much harder mentally than physically yeah for sure I think it's so important to surround yourself with positive influences and positive people um, and to have a really balanced life outside dance and training and normal life. Um, all these elements help you, I think, to, to have that perspective of what you're doing um, and to come a step away from the world in which you're in and to, to see it in, in a different light. Um, I did watch my friends and, and I really enjoyed watching from the front and I learned so much. Yeah. Um, you know what I enjoy watching what I enjoy seeing um, and there's still so much you can learn when you're injured I yeah. think some of the, the greatest lessons come with that time like now in in these crazy times that we're in there is a lot that you can do um, to kind of feed your I suppose feed your artistic side as well as your physical mm. because all those elements add to your performance and yeah when you then come back to the stage you have more you have even more passion for what you're doing and you have even more um motivation so I remember past uh, I remember people that had been injured before telling me you know you're lucky that this has happened and you're you'll now go and have a really long career because you know how to work with your body and yeah. I think it's about learning especially when you're young when to push and when to hold back and um yeah. the balance of really knowing your body inside out yeah I totally agree and I think it's such a good time almost to reflect and I think mm. I think now as well in isolation for many of us it's mm. kind of the same thing but I think we're able to ride with it and mm. be able to kind of get through it and once I feel like we're all out of this period mm. this pandemic yeah I think everyone's going to experience so much more like 
motivation and inspiration. I Absolutely. think getting through this is like the hardest, but then it's like, mm, if we can get through this, then, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. we can get through anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I feel now more than ever, we are spending a lot of time on social media. And I think it's definitely such a positive thing because what we're doing now and able to see a lot of incredible people. But I feel like as well, it sometimes comes with self-comparison. And I know that that can happen online and also in studios. Do you have any ways of kind of coping with that? That's a really good point. Um, I think social media is amazing. I think it can be an outlet for your expression. Um, You can learn and be inspired by others. And I think it's great. I think it pushes the dance world out there. But I also think it's so important, especially for young dancers to understand and to know that, you know, there's more to a professional career in dance than, you know, say Instagram and, and all these media platforms. Um, so much goes behind everything that we do um, and I think it's good to to know that and to look at it as a tool yeah. um, for for those positive things and to really work on yourself I think it's great to have that um, not comparison but to look at people and to learn from them and celebrate them because everybody is unique everybody has something that they can bring to the dance world in a different way mm. um, and everybody will be reaching a different audience as well so I think it's really important to have that perspective I think um, and to to use it in a positive light and then in your studio work and in your performing um, I, I guess what I'm saying is to have a, your feet firmly grounded on, on yeah. the floor in real life too as well as using social media as a really positive way. Definitely. Connecting. Yeah. And I feel like as well, a lot of people like need to know that social media is like one photo from like maybe your day. Yes. And yeah. you know, you see those funny memes of people <laughs> doing selfies and there's been thousands before. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like your social media makes life look so perfect. And it's like you scroll through your Instagram feed or like your friends and it's like, that didn't happen like yesterday I was having a meltdown and I didn't look like Instagram versus reality yes exactly exactly so I think that's always good to remember as well yeah absolutely have fun with it but don't take it too too seriously exactly exactly now I feel like as well on this podcast I love to talk about body image and maybe some self-confidence have you ever experienced times where you may have felt not so confident in your body. If I'm like very honest, I've not really had um, body um, worries with body Mm. when I was growing up. Um, But I think it's so important to to have a very balanced and healthy lifestyle and to know that everybody grows at different rates. And something that the dance world I think is really very much improved um, is the fact that there's so much diversity in the dance world. And it's about, I think, knowing knowing your worth and knowing what you can bring to that and then celebrating people all around you. If there's a, a positive environment of people holding each other up, then I think that's the way to go. And to let your dancing speak for itself, I think is what should be the key 
Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, I think, as you said, like the dance world is definitely opening up to a more diverse, Mm -hmm. you know, set of dancers. Like I feel like maybe 10, 20 years ago, everyone kind of looked like the same height, the same Mm -hmm. physique, but now there's like, there's short dancers, there's really tall, there's like all different different types. And I think that's such a positive thing. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be pretty boring if yeah. we all look the same. And I think it's really good to celebrate that. And, you know, it's easier said than done when you're growing up. And yeah, yeah. Especially everyone is, you know, when you're growing up, it's different. But I think you do get to an age where in your professional career as well, you, you realise that it's about your dancing and it's mm-hmm. everybody has something to offer. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Now, Anna, to end the podcast, I love to ask all of my guests this one question, which is mm-hmm. what makes you feel most confident in your skin? Mm-hmm. That's a really nice question. <laughs> what makes me feel most confident in my own skin? I, I think I feel most confident and most free and at home when I'm performing on stage. That's you know a very dancer thing to say, but it's oh, true. It's, so um, <laughs> it's an outlet for my expressions. Um, and my emotion and I think I can articulate what I feel best when I'm dancing better than when I'm talking (laughs) Um, so for me that's my like best way of um, communicating I think and then in normal life I'd say it'd have to be like with my family and friends and people that I love and that I can just be really truly myself with um, who know me well and I feel very comfortable to just be me yeah I love that I'm actually the exact same (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you so much Anna I've had the best time talking to you today and yeah thank you so much for coming on oh thank you for having me (laughs) thank you stay well (laughs) okay guys that is a wrap for today's episode I had the best time talking to Anna and she is such a beautiful person inside and out I really hope you guys enjoyed and don't forget Sportive AF launch is happening this Friday the 15th. Get ready, mark your calendars and be ready to get some cool stuff. Okay guys, have a lovely evening or morning wherever you are. Lots of love, Audrey.